Welcome back to A Place Called Porch. Make sure to subscribe to our channel so you catch all the latest episodes. This week, we chatted with Cody Williamson, who is the President and CEO of Creek Indian Enterprises Development Authority. Okay, I'm trying to get my energy up. I had to go to the... So, pause for a second. I'm 14 weeks pregnant. We're expecting our first in January. Congratulations. Thank you. So, I wore an outfit this morning. It was a pantsuit. And I thought I could get away with it by using a rubber band to help hook my button to the loop. Didn't work? I couldn't breathe. And <laughs> she was unzipped. All, like, everything. But my shirt covered it, so I wasn't indecent. So we had like 20 minutes, and Katie's like, you got enough time to go home and change real quick, because you know I just live five minutes from here. She's like, can you make that happen? I was like, yes. So I get home, then the dogs start barking. to want to, They start whining because they want to get out of their kennel. So I have to hurry and let them out of their kennels and go use the bathroom. My dachshund never wants to come back inside, so I had to chase her down. And, you know, I'm wearing black now, and I get back, and then I run up the stairs, and I'm like, oh, I'm about to sweat, and I'm out of breath. So, (laughs) I'm like, I just need, like, a moment. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, we're super excited. We're hoping to find out the gender this week, so. It's an interesting time. We we ended up not finding out the gender. Mm. We were not going to find out the gender, and then it all of a sudden, it just popped up. Oh, <laughs> so there was no mistaking. Oh yeah, I mean they like they were they were doing the thing, and it was like we, we told them the whole time, like well, we don't really want another gender, all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, it was like, okay, we know. Yeah, you'd have to be blind not to. Yeah, yeah it was it was super plain obvious. As day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, okay, we know now. Yeah, I mean, is what it is. There were some complications during the during the birth. Oh, that. I didn't know first kid. I didn't know anything about it. But, yeah. But like when he came out, the umbilical cord broke. Oh. Which supposedly is like almost next to impossible. Yeah, I was about to say I've never even heard of that. Right. Most people. Did, I, I didn't know. I had no idea. I didn't think anything about it. You know. And then, of course, they take him over there and they do the thing. Well, he's not crying. Then he leaves. Mm-hmm. So he's like not even there. Uh huh. And so we were, I was sitting there going like, what just happened? Yeah. And Tracy, of course, she's kind of somewhat out of it, somewhat in, and she's kind of doing the same thing. She kind of looks at me and I said, I, I don't know. Yeah. And so eventually the, the doctor comes over and says, hey, you know, we think everything's okay. You know, it's crying, all that kind of stuff. You may have seen him a little bit, but we're just having to check and make sure the umbilical cord broke. And Tracy knew what that meant. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I was just like. Well, don't we you cut, I, we cut like, that sucker anyway. Well, I was thinking, I was like, you cut it, didn't it make it easier? <laughs> like, like, why are we, why are we concerned about this? This yeah. is. And then, as she got to explain it, then I understood. Like, there was a point in time where he was not getting any resources. He was not breathing. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, he was in limbo until yeah. they could clear everything out. But <clears> he was not getting any anything from from her. Yeah. And then it made sense, but at the time, I didn't know. And she said. And of course, we ended up having to, we sent the umbilical cord and stuff like to get it examined because uh-huh. they said, look, that really never happens. The only time it really happens is if that umbilical cord gets twisted hmm. and said, normally we know that and we, you know, you may get a C section or something like that because it's twisted. Yeah. And babies, you know, having problems. So, but we can't see where it's twisted. It just broke. Hmm. And so, and they never did. We followed up once or twice, and they really weren't sure. And then it was just random, but it was, you know, and it, but I felt so bad because, you know, Owen went to NICU and we went into NICU on Wednesday morning because Tuesday night was when we went in the hospital. Wednesday morning had the baby. Um, Thursday, Friday, everything was good. Friday, they tell Tracy, they're like, uh, we're going to send you home. And she's like, I'm not going home. They're like, we got to send you home. Mm-hmm. And well, and she's that she says, I'm not leaving here without that without that child. And eventually, the doctor says, Well, I, I 
you know, there's got to be some reason for me to, to, to do this. So she kind of looked at it and you could tell my wife was just fuming. So mm-hmm. she goes, let me check your blood pressure. So of course her blood pressure was high. Well, your blood pressure is really high. So we think we're going to keep you in here, mm-hmm. you know? And so she was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they were going to do this uh, where you come in and, nurse the baby and stuff uh-huh. like that, try to make sure that you're okay with it. Yeah. Well, we had been there every day. Yeah. And it wasn't that big a deal. So I went home Saturday night, and Tracy called me Sunday and said, bring the, bring the baby carrier. We're out. We're I'm busting like, out. Yeah, like, we're out of here. So I'm like, sweet. So we went up there, but I felt so bad because there were you – know, Owen turned out that it was he was fine. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, they weren't sure, but he was fine. Everything was fine. Yeah. You know, he turned out to be a really good kid, but I mean, there was a—I know there was a lady and, and and gentleman in there that their kid had been there for thirty days already, yeah. and couldn't couldn't eat. We were fortunate in in the end because she did get to stay there. Mm-hmm. They did give her a couple more days, and then everything was fine. Yeah, but I just felt so bad for those other because those, those we we got to know them a little bit because we saw them in there all the time. But, sure, but yeah. So all that being said, we're. We we thought about having a kid. Occasionally, we we tell Owen we're going to have a kid, and he freaks out. <clears throat> but but no, we're not having a kid. Yeah, <laughs> this may be one and done for us too. We at one point had had there not been anything to happen and and other stuff, we might have had another one. Mm-hmm. But there's just a lot of stuff that happened, and in general, like I at one point I was never going to have a kid. Like I, yeah. I wasn't sure I was ever going to get married. I was just like I'm. I mean, I was 35, and I'm like, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. You know, and then everything happened. But, like, I just – I don't know why. I just was never – that was never on my top priorities. Like, mm-hmm. there was a lot of stuff, but that was never one of them. Yeah. And then, you know, here it got cooked along. I'm in Atlanta for five, six years, just hanging out, not doing anything. Like, I'd never really met anybody. Like, it was no big deal. I'd already moved to Las Vegas and – you know, was in Las Vegas by myself, and I'm like, okay, this this doesn't suck, you know. And then yeah. go back for a wedding, and then all of a sudden, you know, it falls, everything falls into place. But at the time, I was like, I'm gonna be 40 years old in a couple of years, and by myself, and mm-hmm. I, I was fully, I had fully bought into that narrative. Like I'm good, mm-hmm. you know. I'm glad that it. I'm I'm certainly glad now, but yeah, back then course. I was like, I'll be 40 years rolling dice. I'll probably be broke. I'm going to be in Vegas. I'm just going to be broke hanging out on a street corner. But I wasn't quite to that extent, but I had gotten to a point. I was like 33, 34, and I was like, I think I'm okay just being Megan. You know, like, Miles had enough kids for both of us. Yeah. I can borrow one anytime I want to. Like, we, were, we were in a meeting last night and we asked Miles about his kids, and he, still, he took out his hand. I'm like, yeah, you got that many. <laughs> yeah. Like when you start to, when the first thing you do is take your hand out and you're like, yeah, you got that many. Yeah. Like I, I, I got that easy. Like how many you got? One. Yeah. I don't have to look at my hand. I would, yeah. Man, first thing you did, look at his hand. <laughs> um. All right. Today we've got Cody Williamson with us, who is the president and CEO of Creek Indian Enterprise Development Authority. Cody, welcome to our podcast. Nice job with that. <laughs> I had to close my eyes and really concentrate. <laughs> That's why we call it cedar. That's exactly right. Um, so, Cody, first of all, for people that don't know, Cody's my second cousin. So, um, we've been chit chatting, and um, Katie's probably about to kill us because we've already been eating up about 30 minutes of our time. So, <laughs> Cody's mother and my grandmother are sisters. And so I've known Cody probably like all my life pretty much and certainly see him at family reunions and all that. And it's always like, yeah, my cousin's really cool. He's an attorney. But Cody's well, not. Funny you say that because I used to say my cousin was cool for being the, the princess. <laughs> so um, so it's nice to know we're fellow admirers of one another. That's right. We, gotta, we come from good genes, Cody. That, that, is, that is very true. <laughs> um. Cody, so, but let's talk about, you're not only a tribal member, um, but you work for the tribe, too. However, as a tribal member um, of the Porch Band of Creek Indians, the first question that we inevitably get asked is, 
how do you connect to ports? Who are your people? So can we start there? Yeah. So granddaddy, Jack McGee, everybody knows Jack. <laughs> so a lot of people are kin to Jack. <laughs> a lot of people are Jack's kids. That's right. Can That's we exactly say right. that? So when we start talking about children and counting on your hand, that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, my mother's uh, Marsha McGee Jackson, um, now married to Don Jackson. Now, my father was was Dwayne Williamson. He was not a member of the tribe. Uh, but now, of course, with with Mother Mary and Don, so it's kind of both sides of the of the coin. Now we've got the the Jackson side and and the McGee side. So yeah, it's it's uh, when I first started. You know, we didn't live here. We moved away a lot. My, my family was in the, the military, so I didn't grow up here. So when I first started to come back, it was a it was almost a culture shock because there were a lot of people who lived here and knew all their relatives and saw their relatives every day. And I didn't. And so then when I came back, you know, first, you know, this was in the fourth, fifth grade, you know, the first thing there, Oh, that's your cousin. That's your cousin. I'm like, is there anybody here that's not my cousin? <laughs> like it's probably easier for us to talk about who's not related than it is who, who is, but, but it's always good. And as I've grown older, it, it's, it's nice. My son, I'm you know trying to raise him and let him know who all, who everybody is. And, and have let him know a little earlier, and he's uh, he always finds it really interesting because you know he'll come to to the events and stuff, and he's like, well, you know, everybody here. I'm like, we're related to a lot of them, and then he's like, well, he says the same thing. Well, who are we not related to? I was like, well, you know, there's a lot of people we're not related to too, but but you know, I said you don't have to worry about it. If at some point we get in some trouble, you got you got plenty of family that'll come help. That's right. That's a good thing about coming from a large family. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of bad things, but there's, you know, in terms of, well, there's a lot of bad things that people think about giving you know, a bad, you know, big family and all that kind of stuff. But, but, you know, I, there's not really anything I can think of, you know, every time you, you have to go to a family reunion, you might meet somebody new. They all have, you know, diverse jobs. You always have somebody that can come in and help if something, if you got something wrong, you know, a lot of times, you know, I call mom and just say, Hey, have you heard about this? You've heard about that. And so, and then I got Kelly, my sister, and Kelly knows everything. Uh huh. She so does. Most of, <laughs> I work for the tribe, and Kelly knows more than I do. So a lot of times I'll just call Kelly and say, "Hey, Kelly, what's going on with this? What What are we doing? What's this? Well, have you heard about this? Or, you know, or she'll call me. Hey, what about this? I'm like, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, she hit me up the other day too. She was like, "Hey." What's what's this thing going on? I was like, girl, you know more than I do. <laughs> she does. She does. She knows. She has her. She has her ear to the ground. It reminds me of Aunt Charlotte, who notoriously knew more about the tribe living in Germany than I did living in the community. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's it's you know, Aunt Charlotte is really interesting because. I never, she's always your aunt, but then, you know, at some time I work for the tribe, I work for the council, the council's technically my boss's boss, and so sometimes I I can't talk to her as Aunt Charlotte, I've (laughs) talked to her as council person Charlotte, Mm -hmm. and that, you know, sometimes you, now most of the time it doesn't matter, I just talk to her as Aunt Charlotte, she has to tell me otherwise, but Uh it's interesting sometimes. (laughs) It totally is. Speaking of which, Cody, how is it different? working for the tribe as a tribal member? There's a lot of pressure in it. And and the pressure being you just don't want to make a mistake because you know that there are a lot of people that are, that are looking at you and second guessing what you do. And I, and I can't blame them for that. If you're on the outside looking in, it's, it's, you know, why did they do that? What, why did they make that decision? I mean, when I walked into the job that I currently have, OWA was already built. And OWA was was widely considered and may still be considered as a, a not a good investment. And so, but I walked in with that. So now you try everything you can to make it a, a success, but but you know the people are looking at you. I mean, and it and it's you don't want people to to they're always going to second guess. They're always going to think. So a lot of people will think they know better, and some people may know better. But you just know that as a tribal member, that you're just not like you don't get to. If if, if I do a terrible job and get fired, I'm still a tribal member. Mm-hmm. You know, so I have to. Part of what I think about is, you know, 
you you're still a tribal no matter what you're a tribal member you're gonna be a tribal member tomorrow whether you work here or not mm -hmm. so that just it adds a little extra to to what you do every day and you try to you 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 second guess them or not second guess, but you put a little more thought into what you're going to do because you do know, I mean, like you're making a decision that could affect 3000 people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that um, you have to constantly stay connected to that thought too. And I find as a tribal member working for the tribe, it does carry a different weight because it's harder, I think, to disconnect from it. Because not only is it your job, but it's also your family. It's the community that you work in. It's the fam It's the community that your family is connected to and lives in and works into. So it's it is hard to disconnect, you know. And you always want to be. You always want to do it better than anybody that's 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 in your same position. Mm -hmm. And I go all the way back to when when I was working in Wetumpka. I had very few tribal members up in Wetumpka, but we all said the same thing. Like we're not only getting paid, but we get more benefits than everybody else that's working here. So there's a thousand people working for that, that business and 979 of them get paid a check and leave. Mm -hmm. But the ones that are tribal, like that's not all we get. We get a lot more than just our paycheck. So we have to do it better than everybody else. You know, there's this always this stigma that you hear a lot of times in business. Oh, well, I'm tribal. You you can't touch me. And I'm like, that's exactly the opposite. Like, it, you shouldn't even think that. You should be thinking, I'm tribal. I got to do this better because if I do it better, then I'm, maybe I get more GWE at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I go back to when before I worked for the tribe, I remember getting that first check for a hundred dollars mm -hmm. and thought it was a mistake. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I'd already again, I, I didn't grow up here. And then I was here for in the community for a, for a little bit. I was living in Bruton, but you know I was here when I was in high school. And then I left and went to college. And then from college, you know, moved to Atlanta. And so I was not in touch with everything that goes on or was going on. And so, but I got a check, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm like, why did I get this check? Yeah. And thought it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. You know, and now you know we get so much. I mean, there's there there are kids of the tribe that are. They have no idea. Like they don't remember when, when you got the. And I remember the hundred dollars. But but I talked to a lot of friends of mine that talk about when there was nothing. Mm -hmm. Like you were, if you were tribal, you were kind of less than nothing. Like you were, like you stay out there on the reservation and do what you do what you need to do. Yeah. Um. But, but we don't need we don't need you. And now you know everybody's your friend. We got these big casinos and everybody wants to be your friend. Oh, of course. But <laughs> you know, so it's it's a it's a very interesting thing working for the tribe you just want to you want to do you want to do good yeah well let's talk about um what helped prepare you your your education and experience and your work history a little bit what what do you feel has helped prepare you for the position you hold now there were a lot of i guess a lot of jobs that i did prior to this one that each one kind of built on the last one. Uh, but I will say this, you know, I, you, we were talking earlier and you mentioned that, that Jay had come in, you know, I worked for Jay Doris and he was, I, he, he was very, he was a very good influential person in talking about, you know, what you should look for. Uh, yeah. I remember him pulling me aside one time. I used to think that if it was my job, it was my job. Like there, I didn't ask for help. I, that was what I was going to do. That must be a family trait. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> and, and you think that, I mean, you don't want to disappoint anybody. And I can remember him pulling me aside one time and saying, why didn't you ask for help? And I was like, because that was my job. I mean, you know, and he said, yeah, but you could, you know, you could have asked for this person or that person or whatever. And I said, that's just not the way I was made. And he's like, well, you kind of have to, if you're going to, if you're going to continue to move up, you have to figure that out. And it, it kind of goes back. One of my first jobs was uh, I was a tax person. So I did a bunch of taxes for a big uh, multimedia company. And for those who don't know, Cody, you're, you received your education. Um, you're an attorney by trade. Yeah. So, so I have an undergraduate degree in corporate finance and accounting and then a, a 
law degree from Alabama. But when I when I left, I didn't originally go into law. It wasn't until I it wasn't until I actually took a job with the tribe that I practiced law. I, I went more to the to the finance tax side, which I used the degree, but it wasn't actually a law firm. It was it was a Originally, it was what they call a boutique tax firm, and then I went to a, a Cox Communications, which is a big cable provider. And it was at Cox where I, I figured out this whole, again, what Jay said, my, my weakness, which I, I, I certainly have it, which is, you know, if you give me the job, then I'm gonna, I, I may stay there for three days, but I'll, you know, instead of asking for help, I'm gonna finish it, and it may take me three or four days, but I'm gonna do it, and. I applied for a, a manager position there and didn't get it. But the lady, to her credit, took me out to lunch and said, let me explain why. And and so she said, you're very, very smart at what you do. You're what they call a subject matter expert. And it was because I, this is all I ever did. Mm-hmm. I'd done this for four or five years at that time. So I, she, I, that's all I did. And she's like, but you do not know how to get out of the weeds. <laughs> She's like, you don't. And said, as a manager, you can't do that. And she said, let me give you an example. And she's, and she was absolutely right. She said, I was watching one time and, and this person didn't quite understand how to do it. And you started to explain how to do it. And then what did you do? And I said, what did I do? She's like, you finished it. You did it. You did it. (laughs) And I was like, is that a problem? And she's like, yes, that is a problem. Mm -hmm. And so I have to work on I have to work on stuff like that all the time. But but it's it's those people in life that that kind of assist you and and point out your your we all have them, but they point out your weaknesses, your fallacies, or whatever you want to call them, and 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 do it in a way that you actually say you know you don't get defensive. You're kind of like oh yeah they're 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 not wrong, mm-hmm. and you just work on them. And so you know came to the tribe and was was working with Venus and. Lori and, and we were the first three lawyers here. Uh, and then I went to work for gaming for a long time and, and loved working for gaming. And then Did you start over there in procurement. I, yes, I was, I was over the purchasing procurement when we started to build the first uh, big one mm-hmm. and then happened to, to continue on with that. And then we started to expand with Tumka was over the expansion of Wetumpka and then became the general manager of Wetumpka, moved up to Wetumpka, and then that's when we built the big one up there. And then came back, worked in compliance for a few years, and then this job popped up at CIE, and I ended up taking this job and have been there for going on four years now. Mm. Which, it only seemed like a year or so, because, you know, the pandemic, we lost a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So, maybe two. Yeah. So there's a whole year that we don't even count. Yeah. Like, it's, it's very interesting now when we do budgets and all and things like that, that we don't even look at 2020. Like we we go all the way back to 2019 as a comparison, which is something we've never done in the past. But now it's just like 2020 was just lost. How have you adapted to the culture at CETA versus Wind Creek, or do you feel like you have implemented a lot of the culture from from Wind Creek over at CETA? You know, that is probably one of the things that I have not done a good job at, and and simply I hate that it happened, but. We just started getting into what are we going to be when we grow up. We, you know, we we had meetings, offsite meetings, right at the beginning of 2020, and then COVID hit, and then for two years we were in the office, out of the office, you know, and it just, I, that's one of the things that that we truly have to work on because I do think that there's a lot of things that Wind Creek does right. Their culture is probably one of the things that I say is, is probably the best that they do. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things you can say about what they do good, but I can remember the first meetings we had drawing up the, what they call the expectations guide and, and all the stuff that went into it and all the hard work that's went into it. And there are a lot of people that, that may talk about it good. And there's some people that are, they're not going to talk about it so good, but, but their culture is very, very good. And we're starting to do that at CIE. I wish that we could have, that if COVID didn't hit, I, I could sit here today and say, you know, I tried to do this, tried to do that. When COVID hit and we just all went remote, 
it was just next to impossible. Mm-hmm. And even even today, you know, we allow people to stay at you know work from home two days a week because of gas prices. Mm-hmm. So, but we're we're going to work on that. I, and I would like to take a lot of stuff that, that Wind Creek does. I still talk to Catherine Timmons a lot, um, not as much as I I should, but they they really do they really do stuff really well. And I, I have I have tried a lot of what what I've learned from them in terms of of expectations with team members and things of that nature. And, you know, Ryan and I worked to, together at Wetumpka. Now Ryan works. We we work together down at OWA. So, I mean, there's there's a few people that we worked with that have come over to CIE side. So that that's helping with the culture too because, like particularly at OWA, because Ryan also really bought into the culture at Wind Creek and, and is trying to bring that over you know, with with expectation guides and, and making sure that you know, that people talk to people and having meetings and and not have meetings just for the sake of meetings, but actually talk about stuff. So, yeah, and I and you know, Cody, I think that one of the things is you know, Wind Creek has done it well, and it's obvious in the way that that footprint has expanded, and you can look at the success of the company. And um, while everything isn't attributed directly to culture and values, a lot of it is really at the end of the day, um, because it really forms um, the expectations, it informs decision making, it sets those parameters, but it also um, gives people the liberty to, for Wind Creek, you know, to have fun on the job. And um, and I know that whenever you were um, the general manager up in Wetumpka, like you were one of the favorite property managers up there because people were like, "We have so much fun with Cody. He's so cool." La la la. So I'm um, just a cool person. <laughs> that's true. Most people don't know that, but I'm, I'm just kind of a cool person. <laughs> no, you totally are. I agree. Um, but you know, and I I think that it's I think that's an exciting um, initiative to take on because. The similarity between um, Wind Creek Hospitality and CETA is both of them are, are certainly business-based, but they're also um, strongly hospitality-based, too. And so I think uh, one of the tenets of what Wind Creek teaches is if you as an employee are enjoying what you do, then that translates into your interaction with the customer as well. And then the customer enjoys their time there as well. So good luck with that. Well, I mean, we certainly with with Ryan and and others that have gone down to Owa, it that is where this would be the most similar to Wind Creek because mm-hmm. you have guests. We're walking the door every day. You know, it's an amusement park. It's supposed to be a place where you have fun. Mm-hmm. And the 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 folks that have come before Ryan and others didn't always take that approach. And everybody has a different approach. Sure. But but that approach to me is is what you want to have. You know, as as we talk about all the time, you know, you're supposed to give those people that are having fun, that are making others have fun, like you that should be the one that you recognize. That should mm-hmm. be the one that you promote. That should be the one that, that leads that organization forward because they don't have to do that. And in particular today's climate sometimes you're you're good to get a warm body mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people just don't they're just not a, the workforce has, has gone down dramatically uh and and people either don't want to work don't have to work a lot of people are still uh, afraid of covid and so sometimes it's really hard to find anybody to work but if you can find those people and identify those people that are that bring that joy and have a good time while they're at work and can make others have a good time then your eight-hour shift turns into what feels like 15 minutes as opposed to your eight-hour shift that you're like, you just can't use the lock, look at the clock, and it's like three minutes later. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's true. And I, and I think the other thing, too, and um, the person that you're referring to is Ryan Exum, who's also a tribal member, and he's the is it general manager at OWA. Well, he is – we call him the property manager property because manager. he is over the entire property. So every everything down there from the hotel – to the amusement park, to the water park, he's over. Now he has other, of course, he has other people that help him with general manager stuff like that. But, but in general, he's over the entire project. 
So I think what's interesting, too, is, you know, like you've said, you and Ryan come from that same um, Wind Creek background and understand that culture. But I also think it's a cool tie-in to just who we are as um, Port Vander Creek Indians. We're not afraid to have a good time. We're not afraid to have a good time. So I think that's I, I think that's going to be really cool to see how that evolves and shapes out, too. Um, so how um, how have you overcome the challenges that you've been presented with? What are some of those challenges and how have you worked through those and overcome some of the challenges since being there at CETA? You know, I don't know. The main thing is, I guess, I, I've, I've had a, a bunch of people say this, I have no shame. <laughs> you know, in, in general terms, I know people are talking about, you know, things like, oh, uh, I know, I, you know, I don't, I don't get onto Facebook, but, but of course, you know, my sister and other people do. And they'll say, oh yeah, they're, they're talking about you or they're talking about this or talking about that. So I know what's out there, mm-hmm. but in general, I mean, I have a job to do and I'm going to, I'm going to do it the best way I know how. And sometimes I'm going to miss. And sometimes we're going to miss, but we can't, you know, it's a, use a sports analogy it's kind of like a, a defensive back like if if you get scored a touchdown on you can't just go to the sidelines and just kind of you know curl up in a ball and that's it like you're going to go back the very next and you're going to be on the same person and they're going to throw the ball your way what are you going to do and so i just you know you get up every day and you're like all right let's go and some days are harder than others some days you just know it's like this is not going to be this is not going to be fun but on the grand scheme of things, there are a lot more days that are fun than days that are not fun. And I like the challenge. I knew this was going to be a challenging job. I knew based on, because I was on the board of, of CIE prior to taking this job. So I knew what OI was doing. I knew it was going to be hard, but I also see now if you go down to the water park today, and see a thousand kids running around with a smile on their face. You're like, you know, like we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's hard. I, I, you know, the council has a very hard job. They have 3000 people that always are, are looking to, you know, why are we putting money into this? Why are we putting money into that? And they have been very supportive. And I hope one day to bring them and say, all right, we're, we're making money now. We're, we're doing well. You know, we're going to continue to to put money in here and other places, but you just have to, I mean, duck, what is it, water off a duck's back? Yep. I mean, you just know it's coming, and you just have to take it. And like I said, I I, I have had the support of, of the council. I can call the council. The council calls me when they have questions. Um, it makes it easy to have that connection so that you can you can say, hey, look, I, we're, we got a problem, or this is what we're doing. This is good. This is not good. You know, you know, Ryan called me Saturday and said, hey, boss, we're on we're on a wait. I'm like, well, that's good. It's bad, but it's good. And we had enough people there that we had too many people in the building, and we had to put them on a wait. Oh wow! And and it wasn't for long. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, people came out, and then other people came in, and as you go further through the day, it gets less. But but again. Interestingly enough, we had to do that when, all the way back to when we were running with Tumka before we built the big one. We had we had people that would wait hours to get in the building. Mm-hmm. And so we had developed a system way back then of people coming in and out of the doors. And so we thought that through when we had when we started building this. We're, we hope that there comes a time where we're going to be on a wait and we have to you know get people to just hold on for a little bit. And sure enough, it's happened, and which is a good it's a good problem to have. But, mm-hmm. but luckily, we thought that through before it actually happened, and we didn't get caught. You know, just thinking, oh, what do we do? What do we do? Yeah, you didn't get, get you didn't get caught flat footed, as yeah. they say. We now again, you, you know, there may be other people that say you're not doing it the right way, and I get that. There's more than one way to to do a, solve a problem, but but we thought about it, and when it happened, they immediately went into action. And they, they called me and let me know we were doing it. And I was like, well, that's good, kind of. You'd hate for for people not to be able to come into the park, but at the same time, to know that there are enough people there already that we have to, 
go on to a weight, that is a good thing to have. And we haven't even opened up the wave pool yet. You know, the wave mm. pool and the the flow ride or the surf rider, they come later. So let's talk about OA for a little bit. Um, because not everybody may be aware of what all is OA. What all is there? What all does it offer? So let's talk about that for a little bit. What all what is OA? What does it mean? And um, and what all what all is offered there? So, the original term OWA means big water, and we probably didn't do a great job to start with because we always we always equivalated OWA with the theme park, and so everybody when the theme park was closed, everybody just assumed OWA was closed the mm-hmm. whole prop the whole mm-hmm. property, which is not the case. So now we've gone through a rebranding. So now the park is Tropic Falls. So everything behind the gate is Tropic Falls. We, we're starting to put in palm trees. A lot of the theming that was cut from the original project, we're bringing it back, uh, trying to make it better, colorful. We're putting in some shade, making it just a, now people know Tropic Falls is the park. Mm-hmm. Owa has a hotel. Hopefully, you know, we're, we're going to put in a second hotel that attaches to the water park. It has shops restaurants it has the the owa theater which has legends and concert most nights but we also have other acts that have gone in there we've had plays and and other things Uh, we just uh, created a space called the bohemian which is an event center Mm -hmm. so now you we were that was one thing we were missing from a lot of the group sales was that they they also wanted a place to meet Mm -hmm. and we just didn't have a big enough space well we took three of the shop fronts and turned them into kind of a small, I don't even call it a conference center, kind of an event space, mm-hmm. but it has all of the bells and whistles that you can need for an event. It has the, the big screen, the, the projector, the, the audio visual. So we've had, we've had, we already had a few meetings that have been held there. We are looking into other stuff that, that are coming in the, in the next, uh, next few months. The, the way the system works down there is most of the time people don't want to do anything during the summer mm-hmm. because they've already missed it. So they, if they open up in December, they're like, I'm open up in December and I'm going to carry two or three people for a long time. And I'm not, that's not going to be the height of the season. Mm-hmm. So what it wouldn't have happened is starting around August, you'll have people that start to come in and they'll start to try to sign leases because then that gives them the, the winter to put everything in and make their modifications and then open up by spring break. Mm-hmm. So we also have, you know, the water park just opened at the end of June. Now it's in, it's kind of in two or three phases, but basically the first phase was the indoor water park. With that is a wave pool, 25,000 gallon wave pool that will be outside big screen TV. So we'll actually have, you know, our original thought was certain nights we would have like jaws and you could be in the water while you're watching jaws. Um, the other thing was your kids want to go to the water park during college football. Well, you kids can be running around on the inside of the park. You could be on the outside of the park watching the game just at the beach, what we call the beach or be in the wave pool, things like that. And there's also a, a surf rider where you can get, it, it makes you feel like you're surfing in the, in the ocean, but you're, you're basically on a machine. Mm-hmm. And so all of that, we had hoped to be open now, but with supply chain and other stuff, it just delayed it a little bit. But so those two are going to open, and all of that's going to be included in the single ticket. So I know there's a lot of a lot of, a lot of people been asking about the single ticket and the price and things like that. But you know the, the thing that that I hope a lot of people can can I guess think about is you know we built that as an entire attraction behind mm-hmm. that gate. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are some people that won't ride Rolling Thunder, and there are some people that that possibly won't go in the water park. Mm-hmm. There, there's going to be some people that won't get in the wave pool, and there'll be some people. There'll definitely be a lot of people that won't do the surf rider. Mm-hmm. But I want people to think about that. That's the entire attraction. That the whole thing behind that gate is Tropic Falls. Right now, there will be times, particularly in the winter, where the park will be closed, and the water park will be open, and that will have a rainy day ticket or a ticket where it's just the water park. But in reality, you know, that is for days where you can't ride the other stuff. Mm -hmm. But as long as the other stuff is there, we're going to continue to, to make the value that entire park. Mm -hmm. 
we may go to, you know, we may do things like a two day ticket. We haven't, you know, we haven't done that yet. We haven't thought, you know, we've, we've kicked around a lot of ideas, but there are, you know, when that hotel gets there, particularly, you know, we're going to open stuff up longer so that if you're at the hotel, you're the only people that get to use the water park. You know, so that gives you an extra value for being at the hotel. Right. So, I mean, it's it's not unlike other um, big amusement parks, you know, Disney and, and places like that, where if you're staying on property, then you get extra hours, you know. Um, and so that's kind of the perk of staying on property, right? Like you get early bird hours and you get late night uh, hours, too. So I, th- I think that's a really cool idea, Cody. It's, it's, it's going to take us, I mean, it's taking us some time. But everything we, we we do put a lot of thought in everything we do. We're trying to get it to where it is. You know, we're never going to be Disney. Mm-hmm. Like nobody can be Disney. <clears throat> no. You know, Disney <laughs> Disney uses as a for instance. If we were looking to put a roller coaster in, we would look to spend say ten million dollars. Mm-hmm. Disney just put something in where they put twenty five million in just concrete. Yeah. So you you can't fight Disney. You can't be Disney. No. What you do is you try to take the best of Disney. And, and blend it into what you have, knowing what you are, but making it to where people say, you know what? Yeah, I could go to Disney. It's going to cost me $150 to get in. It's going to, you know, I'm going to do all this other stuff. I got, you know, I'm going to wait in line for hours to ride Magic Mountain or whatever you might want to do. And if you're, if you're into that, then great. We're going to give you the, the thought where, hey, look, we're going to, we're going to make this a good value. You're going to be able to, it's going to be hot. So when you get in the theme park, it's going to be hot, but then you get to go right into the water park and then you get to cool off a little bit. And if you want to go back to the theme park, you can go back. And so it's going to take us a little bit of time, but, but we, we will work as hard as we can to make that a success. And then that will then go into other parts of the businesses, again, hotels and and other things that we're going to do just to make sure that, that we do get into more in that hospitality and that we, we do bring more value to the tribe. And look, it's the one thing I have told all our folks is like, look, you can look up to Wind Creek. You should look up to Wind Creek. You, you can't try to be Wind Creek. Like there's nothing that makes that kind of money, Mm-mm. nothing. So you've just got to, we, we just have to be us. Yeah. I think that goes to the authenticity of knowing who you are and what you're about. And whenever you look at the tribe as a whole, I've often referred to it as, when you think about the tribe, the tribe has three arms. You've got tribal government, you've got gaming, and you've got the business development side. And all three are so vastly different but they work hand in hand, you know, and I think that's kind of the beauty of, of what we do is over the years. And I can't really say that it's been in a 20 or 30 time, 20 or 30 year time span. It's really been in, you know, a 10 year time span. We have diversified so much. We are in the middle. Wind Creek is, is the big brother who, is the all-star football player, you know, makes straight A's in school. Great, great person all around. And and we're kind of the younger brother who, you know, sometimes we trip up. We're we're pretty good. I mean, we, you know, we still go to church and whatnot, but <laughs> but you know, sometimes we slip up here and there, but we're uh we're not afraid to 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 take a hand me down and but we're also gonna keep fighting and we have our own special qualities and it may take us a little bit to get those qualities out, but we're we're going to get there. We're going to be that baby brother that uh, you know. I'd love to say at some point that hey, we're we've gotten to the point now where we're on par, but but that's not that may be the goal in ten years or fifteen years. The goal this year is you know to 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 be profitable and to then figure out who we are, get into those spaces, make those spaces successful, and then continue to grow every year. And at some point, we don't become, you know, a line item where, hey, look, they're they're making they're bringing pretty substantial amounts of money. And so that's that's what we're doing. It, it may take us a little bit of time, but that's our goal. Our goal every year is to 
to ask the tribe for less money than we asked for the year before. And then, you know, if we can deliver some, some funds, that is great. Uh, sometimes things just pop up like this, you know, we're, we're going to have to redo the travel plaza uh, because of some competition and some other stuff that may be around, but, but those things pop up and that's, you deal with them and move forward. So, well, your project list never ends. You always have something new on deck, and by the time you think you've got this one area master, there's always something else that you got to jump to. So, one thing that I will note is CETA is not just OWA, and CETA is not just hotels. CETA also has um, ventured into a lot of federal contracts, and that has taken a larger role in more recent years than what it has previously. And I think from everything that I've been told and understand, I think that's a very promising area for CETA to be to to capitalize on the success it's already beginning to experience. Um, as we close out, proudest moment since you've been at CETA, or even just with the tribe, what comes to mind? You know, it's it's there are a few that pop into mind, and, and it's it's uh, it's very interesting because both of them are kind of the same thing. So. One of the, I guess the the proudest moments that I had at one point, at, when we opened up Wind Creek Watumka, and there were all these people waiting in line, and I can remember just having discussions with various people, and they're like, "You're never going to keep these people in line, and you're never going to. This is going to turn into mass chaos," and it didn't, and everything went smooth. I mean, we had some hiccups towards the end, but but knowing that that we had built that thing from scratch that it was, that it was dirt before we started putting the first shovel in the ground and then opening it up and, and it running and it being successful, you know, that was great. But equal to that probably is, is what just happened the other day when we opened up the water park. I mean, that was something that we have started and we started that all the way back in 2018. So I came on to CIE 2018 we started talking about it in 2018, 2019, we got it first approved and we went and bought the building. Mm-hmm. The building gets delivered at the end of 2019, early 2020, and then COVID hits and we, we kind of stop everything. And so to see that come, you know, from, from thought to, to finish through COVID was just it was it was great. I mean, because I watched it as it we had no hiccups. There's you know there's still work to be done, but but I, I can recall a bunch of people. We walked through it you know two weeks before, and they're like, "You'll never get it open, never, not that week." And then they open, and we did. And so that and that's a credit to all the the team members that we have down there. They have worked tremendously to try to make that park a success. And and that what that probably makes me the proudest of anything is that we have. We have a four or five, six hundred people that are trying to make that that park a success. They're not tribal members. At the end of the day, they don't. But you know, they go home. Mm-hmm. But they they know the tribe. They 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 know who we are. They want to make it a success as much as we do. And that's very hard to think about, particularly in this this day and time. But but to have that group of people, and and look, the group of people at CETA, they've been around for a while, and and they're going through change. We're we're going from from a, a quasi governmental entity to trying to be for profit. That's hard to do, but they've stuck with it. They have they have taken it in stride. They understand what we're trying to do, uh, and even through COVID and everything else, we were we were kicking along. You know, I I say this tongue in cheek, but. But, you know, there were a time when so all the casinos were closed. Mm-hmm. We remember when COVID, when COVID hit, they were closed. Well, our convenience stores were open. Our hotels, most of the hotels were open. Muskogee Tech was, was an operation. Matter of fact, they changed their business to make PPE and other stuff. And I said, this will probably never, ever happen again. But for two or three months, I made more money than gaming. <laughs> Will probably never ever happen again, and and it was a blip. But for those couple of months, CIE made more money than gaming. Well, if I were you, I would stick that feather in your hat and I would wear it real proud. <laughs> I, I will say, and I, I know to, to give Wes some credit, 
that was that was such another that was a good moment for the tribe in general to be able to change midstream, retool what you what you make because you know hospitals needed PPE. Nobody knew at that time what was going on. I mean, now it's it's so interesting with COVID because like you you get COVID and you're like okay you get your five days you can come back to work. Mm-hmm. You know back then heck there were people staying off for months. Yeah, you know and. There were groups that, that couldn't get masks, couldn't get gowns, couldn't get other things that they needed to provide stuff. And for 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 Wes and his team to to be able to change and make all that that PPE was that was that was another moment that I mean I had nothing to do with that other than saying, Wes, if you can do this, knock please do, knock it out. But yeah. Wes and his team took that. I, I I couldn't have been more prouder than for for our team to do that because that was something that, that that made the tribe look good. I mean, it wasn't just Wes and his team. It wasn't CIA. I mean, there were the interviews out the, you know, everybody wanted an interview with, with Wes and uh, Madam chair because they were amazed. I mean, everybody was amazed. And I was like, that is, that's, that was a great, great thing that happened during all this COVID stuff. And I think such a testament to the, soul of the tribe which is when you see a need we've been there we've been the people in need and we know culturally and historically what that has been like and when you see that others need help if there's a way for you to help you help and um, I, I think that's just such a testament to who we are as a people really and so Certainly deserving of a proud moment. For Absolutely. Sure. For sure. Well, Cody, thank you so much for being here with us today. I have thoroughly enjoyed spending time with you. I don't get to see my cousin as much as I'd like you to. to. You don't have to lie to, to, lie to the podcast. <laughs> it's been fun, Cody. It always is. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us for A Place Called Porch. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our content. We hope you enjoyed the time we spent with the engaging, hardworking, and overall wonderful Cody Williamson. And we look forward to having you right back here next Friday.